Hi folks, it's Chris Daly here, always bringing you um, conversations with great Jamaicans doing great things, and we have a great one for you this evening. We live in such a negative world, world full of bad news, so it's always refreshing to hear the story of hope and redemption, as we're going to hear that tonight. Our guest is Michelle Salabata, and she is a riveting author. Michelle brings her story through an autobiography. She's a Jamaican woman who the book, the title of the book should tell us a lot, The Jamaican Woman at the Well. It's a story of amazing grace. Michelle is a highly contagious person, seasoned communicator, loves kids, is creative. She's actually the director of ministry at Calvary Worship Center. She holds a bachelor's degree in pastoral theological and she has a master in Christian counseling. To do the interview is my partner, Janice Maxwell. Take it away, Janice. Thanks, Chris. Hi, Michelle. Thank you for spending some time Hi. with us. Thank you, Janice. Oh. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your Jamaican roots. Well, I was born and raised in Jamaica, and I lived there mm -hmm for about 18 years of my life, the first 18 years before I migrated to, to Canada, to Toronto, Canada, and I currently reside in Vancouver. Um, yeah, I was born in a little town, St. James. I grew up in Kingston and did all my high school and prep school there. I see. St. James, you mean, you mean like St. James, Paris? Right. Yes. Like, could you tell yeah. You said a little town, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, St. John's. Well, a little, yeah. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. Right? I should have been making okay. fun of me. Yeah, because when you said yeah. a little town, I'm like, wait, wait a minute, is there a part of the country I'm not quite familiar with? Yeah. You grew up in the uh, yeah, Paris yeah. of St. James. Okay, awesome. It, so what, <laughs> what motivated the migration to Canada? I guess it's, um, I'm not sure if it's the same now, but I know back then um, everybody's aspirations was once you finish high school, they ship you off to either the, the UK or to England, um, to Canada or the States. And so actually I didn't really have a choice. We all, once we got our spawn, um, graduation, my dad said, okay, you guys are all going to Canada, except for one sister who went to the UK. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I, that, is, that is actually that's still the trend. Um, they say 70% of high school graduates leave Jamaica. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's interesting. So there's only so much for growth and advancement, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's only yeah, so, for advancement there, so. Yeah. So because it, it, you were saying it didn't go on, it just still goes on. It still goes on. You, know, you graduate from yeah. high school, you're either going to go to UE or you're going to go to a, a university someplace else. Okay, so your earlier years in Jamaican culture impacted your adult life outlook? How did it? Um, well, mm -hmm. one thing I can say, I appreciate in smaller beginnings and, um, you know, coming to Vancouver, coming to Canada from Jamaica, um, I consider it third world versus first world. So you tend to appreciate the, the, the smaller things, um, knowing how to, to live with less. And, um, mm -hmm. Because I know what it's like, I've I've 
I've always kind of personally maintained I'm a very simple person, even before the life history that I took that led me to writing this book. Um, just appreciating the smaller things in life, um, you know, opportunity to see both sides of the world. So I've always been, have a heart and passion for doing missions as a result of that, you know, hoping people from Jamaica and other third world countries that I've visited for different mission trips would be able to um, encourage them to to look for more besides what they're accustomed to. You know, in Jamaica, yeah. Okay. Keep it short. And then being, being in a third world country, you, you are, they're very innovative. If you know, Jamaicans are very mm-hmm. creative people. But I think that just comes to the oh, yeah. being a part of the third world culture where you have to create things to make things work for you. And and that's, yes. that's a good way. And, and um, having that creativity, that could be a spark mm-hmm. for you when you wrote that, um, your, wrote your autobiography. What life vocation did you do in school? Uh, actually, in school, I did business administration and um, I was a computer data analyst, um, analyzing data. Mm-hmm. I wrote programs, um, computer programs, things like that to help manipulate data. Very different oh, from what yeah. I do now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's still yeah. a creative process. You travel to yes. Australia. As you felt that it was got perfectly well, deliberate on what lesson you learned from that experience. Wow. <laughs> and let me sum it up because I know we only have half an hour. There's more to go. Um, that experience um, it was very interesting. Um, you know, I believe that it's taught me how to trust God more. Um, a lot of people at the time were. Michelle, you're crazy. You're going to pick up your nine-year-old daughter and go to Australia because of somebody you met online, and that wasn't my direction. And um, but it, you know, it was it showed me about the power of God and and the deliverance, and that God is a way maker. You know, sometimes He asks you to do things that might seem so weird and surreal to the to the regular person, to the average person. You know, but mm-hmm. when God is in it, you have to just move. You know, no matter how yeah. weird it seems. Yeah. It, it's definitely so, um, a leap of faith. It really was. Yes, That's it, what we call him. It was. God's perfect world. Cause, yeah. Uh, and I have a daughter actually. <laughs> I have, my daughter is actually 20. My daughter, I have a daughter that's in, um, 25 and married as well. Mm-hmm. And I look back at her and I'm like, man, if she had ever came to me and told me she was doing that, <laughs> you know, but... um. It, it does seem surreal, but, you know, it was definitely God's leading, you know, and um, yeah. you got to go by faith, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. The title of your book is very telling. Share your conviction um, and experience with that. My conversion experience. Um, well, yeah. growing up in Jamaica, everybody is a, is a basically Christian back then anyhow. No, it's kind of diverse. And so I always grew up hearing about Jesus. You know, we go to prayers at school, after school, lunchtime. Church is like an all-day affair on Sunday. So I always heard about it. Um, I wasn't um, the typical, you know, I left Jamaica, came to Canada at 18, and I came on my own. And I led, my life led on a a very dark path. And so um, I did know about God. And so in 2003, April 16th to be exact, I ended up in a situation where there wasn't anywhere else to go, but I either 
turn to the God that I was taught in Sunday school or I killed myself. Those are the only two options that I had. And I was a single mom of a nine-year-old at the time. And I just, I remember standing in my living room that morning, 5.27 a.m. to be exact, and just crying out. And um, I I had no more drugs on me. I had was so broke. I had lost the job that I had the company folded and I, the money that I got from that the severance I sold it to buy more drugs <laughs> thinking I could deal yeah. deal drugs but that was but that wasn't my direction but I just thought I could <laughs> you know and just take a break because I've always held um, managerial positions and um, IT positions so I had a lot of pride back then and so that morning I tried actually to I thought that was the end of it for me. You know, I went in the room to literally with a knife in one hand and a, a I don't know if you know the term roach. <laughs> it's like the the, the butt of a of a weed of a of a joint. Yeah. yeah. And um, mm-hmm. I had and it wasn't even a real joint. It was ash, you know, a whole bunch of joints that were stale that I chopped up to make a fresh one. So it wasn't even making me high yeah, enough. Yeah, a lot of people. And I remember, a lot. Of, yeah. No, no. I was just sitting back in the. Oh yeah. The other yeah. So that's what that's what I had. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But I wasn't high enough. It wasn't making me high enough, and I went in the room to kill her. Um, you know, because I had a dealer after me because the drugs that I bought, I smoked it out, and I gave stuff away. And my landlord had an eviction notice. I was trying to avoid him. The person I was living, it was living with somebody. Everything was just literally back against a wall where you have nowhere to look. And God does that to you sometimes. You have nowhere to look but up. And so um, that's the position I was in. I went in the room to take her out, and I just wasn't high enough to do it because. She just looked so cute lying there in the bed. I remember going in the living room and just crying out again, like, you know, you have to do something. The same Jesus I remember hearing about in Germany, when I was growing up in Jamaica in Sunday school. I said, you are the same God from then. I need you to show someone now. And mind you, Janice, I'm really summarizing a bit of it. The, the way the night was, it was the next level, that hyperventilating cry when you have you feel like you're going to rip your hear out your head like that's how it was and I remember yeah. I had no words nothing at all and yeah. so that's and where so I what was we want, so what we want people to do is to learn what happened and how she overcame this we want everyone to buy your book and learn about she's just giving you a yes. link you would what, have to buy the book what she went to so you to buy the book and find out what did she do and how did yes. she overcome these things because when you are thinking the only way out is to take yourself completely yeah. out. And not only do you want to take yeah. yourself out, you want to take out another person with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always say if you're going to take yourself out, that may be the cynical part of you. But if you, you have to, yeah, they have to purchase Go by yourself. <laughs> Don't bring anybody yes. else with you. It's okay. Especially innocent people. So we're really glad exactly. you didn't take yourself out because we wouldn't get to enjoy your wonderful book that, we, that mm-hmm. I enjoy reading. And I'm sure um, our audience is going to enjoy that too. What motivated yeah. you to capture that experience in an autobiography? What are the major um, takeaways you want us to communicate? Um, you know, 
I've always been a journaler. I always journal and write stuff. But, you know, somebody okay. heard my story one day by – somebody heard my story by accident one day and said, Michelle, your story, you could make a movie out of it, like a trilogy or something, or write a book. It's just too bizarre. And then I just said, you know, why not? <laughs> so I did that. And one of the things I want people to take away is to know, first of all, that Jesus is real, you know, mm-hmm. and to also take away that he's not just a person that you learn, um, some a figure, a fictional figure. And sometimes you just, you see people broken and you want to just let them know, man, if this person is, is a, this God is a living God, but you can't force it down. And I figured if they hear my story and they read and see this, the, the series of events that led me to be who I am today, they'll understand who this Christ is. And also the last yeah. thing is for them to, to take away that there is freedom, there is wholeness. It doesn't matter what pain you've gone through. And I've endured that sexual abuse, physical abuse, you know, domestic abuse, there's, you know, religious abuse, as you see some of my story that happened in Australia, so many different things. And there is mm-hmm. freedom from it. There, You know, you can get over it. And how much our right. past affects who we are today and, and our relationships that we have with, with one another, um, right. our past does affect it today, yeah. Yeah, and you were very transparent, especially in the, I believe it was the second or first or second chapter. I don't know. I think it was that. But anyway, you were very transparent in um, your significant life moments. What motivated you to such openness? You know what? Um, I, I think maybe you're probably talking about the chapter three on abortion. Um, there's a well, yeah. the whole book is very transparent, very transparent. The whole book, um, people are very shameful even letting anyone know they've done one abortion, let alone myself. I've had five of them, and you know, I wanted to detail um, everything all because to. I had to acknowledge first that it is wrong, it is sin, that it is murder. Um, but I have no shame. You know, people, a lot of people, they don't get the full healing or they don't have full peace in their hearts or in their relationships, their marriages, whatever it is, because they're, they're afraid to come clean about things that they've gone through or things that they've done because they feel guilty or shame or condemnation or what people are going to say. But one of the things I found out, the more you speak about it, it's very empowering. And you actually get to help others overcome their issues of shame and and um you know, you said the older women help the younger women or the older men help the younger mm-hmm. men. And, you know, the world can be better if we would all just be honest and be transparent and say, you know what, I was wrong, I messed up, or let me help somebody else not make the same mistakes I did, but we'll sit down and watch our brothers and sisters mess up um, about certain things or afraid to speak out because we don't want to be looked down. So I'm very transparent. I have, like, no shame because I'm right before God, and that's all that really matters. You know, even my husband, my kids, they're all aware of my life and um, very open relationships with us. Um, and so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, and, and, and I, I'm assuming that's why you use the, the image of the well, the woman at the well, because when Jesus was, um, when Jesus came, he met the woman at the well, and she she made yeah. ref, he made reference that you you had five husbands, and when you're with is not yeah. imagine anymore, and 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 then yeah. you yourself brought out the fact that you um you did what you did five times, yeah. <laughs> so was yeah. that was well, that yeah. significant? 
Well, well, yeah, but well, I haven't been married five times. I've been married twice, but in the sense that yeah, I know I was talking about the other yeah, thing. okay, yeah. Yeah, just going from men, relationship to relationship and trying to find thinking, well, this man, if I become freakier enough and do silly things for him, then he'll love me and want to marry me and I'll have the white picket fence. And because I come from a very broken family, you know, in Jamaica, everybody, this one have two baby fathers, you know, kids all over the place. It's just, just a typical thing. And I wanted what God said, one man, one woman. You know, husband yeah. and wife, and I knew always that was right. I never saw that with anywhere in my life growing up or anyone that I knew, and I wanted that. I just did it the wrong okay. way. I, I gave myself up cheaply, you know. So I use her story as an. I can see how she was, and if you dissect her story, you'll be able to see um a little bit. Even in the book, I kind of outlined that a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, I see. What is it like to be a church leadership team? Very exciting. Um, it is very exciting being a part, being a person involved in encouraging and helping, um, teaching um, other people as well, and children and teens, young women and women alike, helping people with marriage. I do counseling as well. Um, yeah, it's exciting to be a part of a called people to do such a empowering position. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. What drove you? Ministry to children. You have a special love for that. You know, I about three years ago, I was actually praying, and I'm like, God, you know, I have so many giftings. Why? How can you maybe specifically target just children? And he, you know, he's made it so clear that I'm giving you a chance to redeem yourself, to let you know that you're special. You know, and when looking at the, because I, I acknowledge I've done abortions, I've killed these babies, um, and it's, you know, and he's giving me a chance to nurture and raise children, and I have so many kids right now. Everybody calls me Auntie Michelle. Earlier, Chris says Michelle Salalilala. People always have a hard time pronouncing my last name, Saldiba. Um, so everybody just mm-hmm. calls me Auntie Michelle. Every age group, even the nine-year-olds, they call me Auntie Michelle, and um you know, God has given me a chance to to bring more children into his fold, you know, uh, as a point of, um, yeah. So um, it's a blessing to do that. What's your most rewarding um, portion in ministry? Seeing people set free, seeing God use me to set people free from bondage and addictions and things like that, you know, That's just putting amazing. smiles on people's faces, just amazing. Wow, we have come to the end of spending some good times with you. How can folks get a copy of you? Is it free? Yes, it is available on Amazon. Um, mm-hmm. Punch it in. There's a Kindle version, or you can get a hard copy if you'd like, or a Kindle version. Um, or even they can message me directly on my email, saldevatyahoo.ca, or on Facebook, and I can personally send them a copy. Um, right. There's wire transfers, right. things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. We so that's Michelle on. or my website, yeah. Yeah. So what can we expect from you going forward? <laughs> I am working on another book, um, a little bit yeah. more so on merit. Yeah. Um, I have a couple. I, I do do um, empowerment, um, speaking engagements from place to time to time, different places, and coaching. 
I am doing. I'm actually on my way to Jamaica in August for a conference there, a women's conference, and just different little things like that. Wherever God sends me, I go. You know, there um, you go. You can't go yeah. wrong with God's direction. Man, your direction yeah. is God's direction. And that's the important thing that we should keep in mind. Yeah. So share a final word of wisdom to a young woman who may be searching. I would say um, I've always had people before coming and basically it felt like they were trying to shove Jesus down my throat. <laughs> but mm-hmm. what I did and how I found him on my own, was find a quiet place. Even sometimes if it's in a washroom, we're in a quiet place and just be still with a heart that is open. Don't try to reason it out and go in and face and say, God, you know, you know, I've heard about this person. I know I've heard of you. I heard that you are the one that redeems, that saves, you're the peace. Ask him to come into your heart on your own. Know that you are wonderful and fearfully made. And you look in the mirror, you look at the what look and you look at yourself, you look and know that you are special, that like God has made you in, a, in an image. You're not ugly, you are perfect. Because God doesn't make anything ugly or blemish or guard. And he doesn't condemn you for anything, and he's ready for you with open hands. And it's very important yeah. that, um, especially women who are, who um, were in heavily impacted by the media. That's like, oh my goodness, I don't fit these yes. standards. They might want to alter their appearance, and that's not a good thing. Yeah. Because uh, if all the flowers were yellow or green, then that would be boring. But flowers come in all sizes and shapes, mm-hmm. and, and that's what makes it more a much more interesting place in nature and in the world. Well, you know, we have come to the end. But we really enjoy spending some time with you. We definitely want to hear from you in the future. To learn more about Michelle, visit her website at Michelle Saldea. To learn more about Jamaican Diaspora, visit Jamaican Diaspora. And to learn more about Chris Daly, visit Digital 2, that's the number 2, growmedia.com. Thank you for spending some time with us, Michelle. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you.